0: But go back to the roots. Touch your roots. Touch your roots. Hashtag touch your roots. Let's get that trending. It's the new digitally distracted <laughs> slogan. Digitally touch your dis- roots. Let's get digitally distracted where we're gonna we're gonna touch our roots. Welcome back to Digitally Distracted. I'm Game Dave. I'm Gerald. And today we're going to be talking about age and gaming and maybe being too old for video games. Of course, we disagree with with the age. But I I do want to get into it because there is this sort of discrepancy about the the gaming is is sort of a kid's thing. Mm. And I think that was more so the case In the earlier days of gaming, before it became more mainstream, but let's just start off. Can you be too old for video games? I know we've talked about being in the nursing home, playing Witcher 7. Yeah. as your dream.
1: Yeah. I guess. That's me me telling the future.
0: But we aren't exactly the typical audience in this Mm. perspective, Mm. but do you think people can be too old for video games? And if not, why?
1: I don't think so. Um you know it's it's reaching a point now where you know the, the kids who grew up with video games when they first were created are now adults. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd say the upper end of the spectrum is probably what 45-50? I mean, if you're pushing it, do you think that's
0: accurate for people that would have started with yeah. games? Yeah. I mean, I could see that. Yeah. So when I mean, you're looking at my parents, right, who are you know old a little older than that, mm-hmm. and you know my mom still plays games, very specific games, mm-hmm. and my dad, he was actually not really ever into games, mm-hmm. but he probably got more into games because of me. Mm. Like I can remember playing Mortal Kombat with mm-hmm. him on Super Nintendo. Wow. And I'd be like, "Oh, play with me." um, That's pretty cool. Play two player with me, and he was like, "Okay," but he, like you, has an issue with 3D games because when I got an original Xbox Uh and Halo, the fun of Halo is playing with other people. Yeah, yeah. Not just the campaign. So I would ask him to play with me, and we would play Halo together a little bit. But he, it made him sick. The Mm. first person shooter motion controls. So the the motion of that game with your controller made him sick It gave uh, yeah. him that motion sickness that you had yeah. when you first played first person shooters, which has been a while now. I mean, you've since gotten over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he never got to the point where he got over it. Racing games would give him motion sickness as well, uh, playing those games. But we played some games together when I was much younger. That's pretty cool, man. But before that, he never played games. So I never really thought about that's probably why he would have any interest in gaming now. Mm hmm. But when I moved out of the house, I mean, he wasn't playing games. My he, mom was still playing games. He lost his uh, player two. Yes. Or play. Well, he Pla- was, let's be honest. He was the player two. Right. 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 I mean, come on. Yeah. He but, lost his player one. <laughs> he lost his player one. But he does play, as I've mentioned before, he plays one game, uh-huh. which is MLB The Show. huh. It's the only game he plays, baseball game. He's obsessed with that game. Good for him. He plays the PS3 version because Man. that's the, the newest PlayStation they have. Sure. And that's just adorable. I know, right? It's funny, like that they got the PlayStation Three, but I don't really know what for because my mom didn't really play much on the PlayStation Three. They were they were always, they've always been more of Nintendo based. Mm. My mom, especially, mm-hmm. um, with the puzzle games that Tetris, and she's a huge Doctor Mario fan. Any so, kind of puzzle game. So
1: the of. puzzle games that she plays, does she play on mobile or does she play on the on
0: a console? So that's a good question. So until. I got her a tablet uh-huh. a couple Christmases ago mm-hmm. and sort of explained, well, it's sort of like, because they don't have a smartphone. Mm. They don't, my, you know, my parents are, they're not super old and they're not like completely outdated, but technology is not their thing. Mm-hmm. That's pretty common, I um, feel like. Switching to a flat screen television was an ordeal. I had to teach wow. them all about that. Really? Uh, hooking up newer game consoles what about wi-fi wi-fi is very like kind of a confusing yeah, for them yeah. you know my mom has her wi-fi password written down mm-hmm. on some slip of paper that's stuck in like the tax yeah the tax bin right and she's like trying to pull it out with her bill her, her mm-hmm. internet bill so if anybody comes over with a smartphone and like hey what's your wi-fi she's like i don't what i don't mm-hmm. even know so she has to like, go find the slip of paper. Yeah, I get it. If she gets a new computer, I have to show her how to connect to Wi-Fi and all that stuff every time. Mm-hmm. I love you though, mom. Yeah, oh, yeah. Game joys are the best. <laughs> but goodness, goodness gracious, you think she'd know? Mm-hmm. And she knows. She'll she'll call sometimes. Like, but she always gets mad immediately. She's like, "This stupid thing it's, isn't working."
1: In her defense, <laughs> it's just they for whatever reason they've got really low
0: tolerances, like no patience at all. And
1: yeah. I I understand that. I get that. My parents are the same way. Yeah. They just you know?
0: want it to work. Yeah, the, which the... might be why they older people don't get into gaming at that stage. It is sort of like you talked about where being an older gamer is something that's learned from, you know, either nostalgia mm-hmm. or you've always been playing video games. Mm-hmm. Like I always, you know, from when I was very young, four three, four years old, gaming was in mm-hmm. this space in mm-hmm. some way. So yeah, but I got her a tablet and that's when she started to do a little bit of mobile gaming because those games do make sense for her. Yeah, it was a little a more intuitive. Of, she would once I taught her how to use it's a, an Android tablet. Mm. So once she started using Google Play, she downloaded a ton of weird like puzzle games, mm-hmm. and she she always goes back and forth actually. So she didn't get a tablet and then stop playing console stuff. So she'll still play the Wii a little bit. She has a 2DS. Mm. She has a 2DS to play mostly Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm. She's obsessed with Animal Crossing. Mm. Loves it. Animal Crossing New Leaf especially. Mm. And when the Animal Crossing Pocket Camp came out, which I now hate but loved, she saw me playing it and really, I want to play that. I want a new Animal Crossing game. And I was like, well, it's on mobile. You don't have a smartphone. She's like, well, can my tablet do it? But her tablet isn't powerful enough to oh, run wow. Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. So maybe I'll get her one for Christmas, a oh, new one. Oh, look at that. But she started. Don't, don't watch this episode. <laughs> no, don't Spoilers. do it. Don't do it. I'm sure she doesn't. She's probably never seen a Game Day video ever. <laughs> my dad may have. So she was looking for other Animal Crossing-type games because that that's become her new favorite genre. Mm-hmm. It used to be puzzle games, but it's it's totally moved into... Uh, life simulation style game. She tried The Sims but didn't like it. Okay. And I started to realize it was the aspect of building up your town, decorating your town, planting plants and trees, gardening things. And that's when I was like, oh, the perfect stepping stone for her is going to be Harvest Moon. Mm. So I got her... I think one or two of the original Wii Harvest Moon games. She has a Wii U. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a Switch. Mm-hmm. If she gets a Switch, she really wants to play. I keep telling her about Stardew Valley because mm. she's looking for a new farming game. She's like, I want a new game where I can go around and plant things and build up my little house. I was like, well, Stardew Valley would be amazing. And I was like, maybe it's on the 3DS. It's not on the 3DS. Maybe it's on the Wii U, and no, it's not on the Wii U. So it's PS4, Xbox, PC, and um, the Switch. Maybe she'll get a Switch eventually. I think the Switch would be perfect for her. It'd be an upgrade from the 2DS that Mm -hmm. she's been using for years. She Mm -hmm. loves the 2DS. It would allow her to play it off the television. Mm -hmm. She can also dock it and play it on the TV. And it's going to open her up to so many more games. Mm -hmm. But she'll probably just play Stardew Valley. Because that's what she does. She plays one game for years. Right. She has played Animal Crossing, New Leaf, every day. Talk about getting your money's worth. Every day. Yeah, exactly. Since I got it for her. But she, she got the 2DS because she doesn't need the 3D. Right. It'd probably make her sick anyway. And uh, yeah, she's playing Animal Crossing New Leaf every day. She still plays it, but she also does Harvest Moon games and some other things like that. And she's gotten into some of the tablet farming games where it's, she's like, I'll leave it open all day. I plug it into the wall and just leave it on the table. I'll go over there and I'll start start something and I'll let it grow and I'll go clean the house. I'll come back when it's done and harvest it. Wow. She just leaves it on all day. So the, you know, the classic, like, yeah. it'll take eight hours to build this building. Oh, yeah. And she'll do that and wait and just leave it up. Wow! All day. That's kind of cute. She's intensely obsessed, There's, but she's looking for something new. Stardew Valley, I think, would be perfect for her because she'll like the idea of having animals. Mm. Like I know in Harvest Moon, when she first started playing Harvest Moon, it took her a while to get used to the controls because it's a little different than Animal Crossing because the 2DS plays a lot differently. And she, <laughs> I remember coming over to the house and she was like, "There, look, I got me a, I got me a horse." I got me a horse in my stable. Guess what? I named him. I was like, what? Rick after your father. <laughs> that's my horse named Rick. <laughs> She's like got a kick out of that. She could name her animals. Uh-huh. She got I had two sheep and a horse and a cow. <laughs> oh,
2: <okay.
0: laughs> that's great, mom. That's great. So that that's definitely her thing. So I, I guess older people can enjoy games, of course. But I think my mom especially had it built in earlier on. Because, you know, we, she had us very young. So she was probably like 20, mm-hmm. 21. Um, when she had my brother, so she was already kind of into games to an extent. Games had were really starting to blow up with the NES and Super Nintendo and the Game Boy at that point, and she got locked into it because she likes to have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know I keep saying it, but I think establishing an interest in gaming early on helps because my mom has had an interest in expanding the types of genres that she's played as she's gotten older. Mm-hmm. Whereas my dad, if I wasn't asking him to play a game with me, he wasn't he had no interest to go play a game on his own until. MLB, the show, which I sort of got. I was like, he doesn't play any games. He's got it. They got this PS3. Let's get it for him. We got it for him for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he played the heck out of it. And I bought him the next year's MLB, the show. And he will, he'll make a character. He'll choose a position. He'll play through their entire career. He'll go until they're like 40 or something. He'll have to retire them. Mm -hmm. And then he'll just make another, he'll make another Rick and go through and play. as like, oh, this time, hey, David, this time I'm playing as a shortstop. That's so I got, funny. I just got traded to the Orioles. You know, he's just yeah. of the whole career. That's funny. And he's good. Like, he's always been instinctively good at baseball games. Cause I remember on the Super Nintendo, he would play Nolan Ryan's baseball with me. Wow. On the Super Nintendo. And he was good. Like, it wasn't like I dominated him. Whereas any other game, like Halo and Mortal Kombat, I would destroy. Sorry, Dad. I would kill you. I would destroy you, Dad. Destroy you. <laughs> But not in baseball games. He could hold his own, uh-huh. and MLB the Show. Oh, he would dominate me. I don't know any. I've never played an MLB the Show game. Uh-huh. He would crush me. And he is a baseball aficionado. Like he grew up playing baseball. He played baseball um, in high school. He was a really good pitcher. Hmm. He was hitting grand slams when he was playing for his teams. He could have been. He could have been a minor leaguer. Wow. I think if he had kept up with it, sure. But his grades slipped, mm. and he got kicked off the team. And then he started wrestling for some reason. Huh. He's like, I don't know what I was doing. But he gave it up. So I think having it built in helps because my dad has not had any interest to expand his gaming interest. Mm -hmm. Aside from what I just gave him to play. Right. And maybe I should try that with another genre. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. I think with 3D games, it's got to be very static because of that motion sickness aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think it's possible for someone who had no experience in gaming at all? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, a great example of that would be my grandfather who mm-hmm. I had on Pop Plays. He had never played any video games ever mm-hmm. in his life mm-hmm. until I had him over. And we did a couple of episodes of Pop Plays where mm-hmm. he and I played a couple of video games. And mm-hmm. it was a struggle. Of course, he's much older, you know, late 80s. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the, the dexterity, the the uh, finger control, the fine motor skills that you need for certain games.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it was a bit of a struggle. I think, right. I think a more, like, broad... uh wide controlled motion control game would probably be better for him mm-hmm. because then he can just do these broad stroke movements mm-hmm. instead of having to dial in these very specific, like yeah. down and forward and jumping over gaps and hitting the X button at the right time. You know,
1: I also wonder if it was a game that he was more familiar with, like shuffleboard virtual shuffleboard.
0: Yeah. I, I have a feeling if, if I had him over and we just did a motion control series, because uh-huh. people have asked if I would bring Pop back on. I'd love to do some videos with him in the mm-hmm. future. I'd love to do virtual reality, but there's that, that fear yeah. of it being so intense. Yeah. I don't want to hurt my grandfather. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to blow his mind no. dangerously. Because no, 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 it will no. blow his mind I'd be like, oh my god, what is this? Right. But you know, how many nursing homes have we bowling? I mean, it's that true. was a huge thing. It's like, oh, you can bowl right at home. He'd mm-hmm. probably get into that. Yeah,
1: I, I could see him. Slow, methodical. Yeah. Get through it. Yeah. Intuitive as far as the controls.
0: Yeah. Might just have to do my mom plays and just have uh, my grandmother uh, step in for him. She's, she's a little more with it right, right now. Right. And <laughs> that'd be interesting. Um, I I think. Uh, go ahead with what you were saying, though. I do not see that happening. You I don't. You don't see somebody getting into games well, you know that what? didn't that's, start with them in any way. That's not
1: true. The What's the
0: cutoff then? The. We proved that a lot of people wrong yeah and i wouldn't say it's so much the wii if it was motion controls because that's the thing it's not like i agree and i disagree so yeah the wii with wii sports brought all elderly people into gaming that would have never played a video game yes ever and for i think a lot of elderly people the wii was their first video game system whether it was. Everybody was over for Thanksgiving or yep. Christmas like, oh, hey, pop or my mom, mom, you got to try this. And they give them the controls like, oh, it's like bowling. Yeah, so there's that. And they actually tried it. because uh-huh. It's not like, hey, sit down and play Halo with me. Right, right. Sit down. Let's play some Call of Duty. Right. Get on Minecraft with me. Right. <laughs> Whereas and then a lot of nursing homes, you know, uh, we know people who work in nursing homes. They set up. We Systems, and they have like bowling nights mm-hmm. at retirement homes and nursing homes where they all get together and be like 12 of them. They have like virtual bowling. Yeah. And they love it. But here's where the disagreement comes in. Mm. It worked. It got them into gaming late in life. But it doesn't expand beyond, beyond that the and, Wii. And I feel that's like that's true. the only or not even that. Game.
1: It doesn't even expand into other games in the in the Wii. No, like, it's just
0: yeah. It's not like they're picking up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the the Wii U and playing Super Mario Brothers 3D World. You know, a, a, another example that I'd heard about uh, and watched
1: on on YouTube was a video of a elderly couple. Someone had someone had shown I think their grandparents. Assassin's Creed, one of the Assassin's Creed games. Okay. And the, the couple were just going around. I think Venice, just like looking at all the buildings and like yeah, just, just exploring touring the, yeah, just touring Playing the, city. the game
0: in a way that we wouldn't play.
1: Exactly. The but they loved it. They loved it.
0: And they you were know? able to control. How old were these people?
1: Oh, they were, they were elderly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like what range? Oh gee.
0: 50, I've, 60, No, 70s? no, no, no.
1: Elderly. So I'd put like 80.
0: Okay, so this is 80s, okay. And using what were the PS4, Xbox One. I think it was a PC, I think. PC, so they were using mouse and uh, I, WASD. I, I don't remember. Hmm. Don't that don't that's remember. what I'm worried cuz that I, that's what I noticed with Pop was the controls. So like we did one of the last ones we did was Super Mario World. Mm. I was like it's basic and the good thing about Super Mario World was everybody knows Mario, even if you're not a gamer. I feel right. like if you put a picture of Mario in front of someone who knows nothing about video games, they'll still kind of recognize him. Mm-hmm. And that's when I asked Pop. I was like, you know who that is on my pillow? He's like, oh, it's uh, it's that Mario guy. Yeah, I know him. I've seen him. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, to be fair, he's probably seen him on
0: your shirt. And, I don't yeah. know if I wear a lot of Mario shirts outside of the show, though. Huh? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Final Fantasy shirts, sure. Oh, that must be Cloud from Final Fantasy 7, right, Dave? No, he would never say <laughs> But... He remembered, and we talked about it in when we were kids. Our my uh, uncle, aunt, and uncle and uh, ki- their kids lived down south, and they would sometimes come up and visit. And when they would visit us, when we were all kids, uh, my older cousin Chris would bring his Super Nintendo. We didn't mm. have a Super Nintendo yet, right? And he would bring Super Mario World, and I remember playing or watching him play Super Mario World on my grandparents' television mm. when they would visit. Mm-hmm. So I knew they had seen it. And that's what's like, hey, this is the game that Chris used to bring and we would play on the oh, TV. Now you're gonna play it. Did like, he remember that? Vaguely. Mm-hmm. Vaguely. He's like, this looks familiar. I-, I I couldn't tell if he was just saying it yeah. to appease me. Right. Or, you know, or if he actually did. Hmm. I I'm not sure not, right. sure. not to ask him if I next time I see him. And we tried to play through one of the early stages. And it was a lot of all right, Pop, so what you gotta do is you gotta you gotta move. And then right before the gap, you have to jump but keep holding the move so you can continue the momentum. Mm-hmm. That was a big hurdle to hmm. get that understanding. Hmm. And it's not like he, he he's, like, foggy or anything. No, like no, my no, pop, no, no, My pop is relatively with it. It's just different. It's a different skill, mm-hmm. and it's not something that you've trained. Right. Like it's, you said, it's those fine motor skills. Yeah, and even though kids with the PS4 and they, they have these crazy game consoles, going back to the kids versus the elderly or adults – Going back to what I said before about emulation and having my students play a ROM of Super Mario World mm-hmm. and Super Mario Brothers, seeing how much they struggled with that, because it does feel different than a more floaty modern day platformer right. that holds your hand a lot more than a an old school game. Right. Old school games don't hold your hand. No, Modern games, so many tutorials yeah, and you get say, so much practice. There's no
1: tutorial with old school games.
0: No, it's just like... Good luck, idiot. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: If anything, you had like the instruction, the instructional book.
0: Yeah, and, and how many, how many kids? I mean, we would have. I was going like, like, to say. a I did. <laughs> we sit there and we like read every page of an instructional uh, instruction manual. But right. then, with cartridges, a lot of kids, I think got loose cartridges of video games. Mm. Because a lot of kids threw their their boxes away, threw the manuals away. That was just trash. Or even just lost them. Yeah, or just lost them. Because, I mean, games are easy to keep track of, but Mm -hmm. like a little booklet? Yeah. They're pretty small, size of an index card. So if you don't already inherently know how to play certain games, you'd never know. Right. And what I think is one of the best examples of that is Bigfoot for the NES, which I've reviewed. The main game, very easy to understand. You're you're just top-down view. Mm -hmm. You see your Bigfoot monster truck. And you're racing against the other guy, trying to run over cars, trying to not uh, blow up your car, run into trees, and reach the finish line. Mm -hmm. And then in between those levels are monster truck rally races, and it switches to a horizontal view, Mm -hmm. and on top is your truck and the road ahead, Mm -hmm. and the bottom is the uh, opponent and their road ahead. And to start driving, you don't just hold the gas and drive over the hills. Mm -hmm. You have to rock the D pad left and right very quickly to pick up speed, which is super unintuitive. Yeah. And then you're, so you're doing that and you're shifting gears by pressing, I believe, A or B. No thanks. And if you didn't have the instruction manual, what kid would instinctively think... I wouldn't even think of that as an adult, I don't think. Yeah, it's crazy. I think that would be an amazing test to do with people who have never played Bigfoot and be like, hey, all right, I want to see what yeah, you do. It's go like, all for right, it. go ahead, figure out how to play this level. And I don't think anyone would be like, oh, I must rock the left and right D-pad right. back and forth. Now, the only games that are similar to that would be the Olympics games. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the Olympics games and the running you know, track games, track and field, is A and B, and you right tap them to run faster and faster mm-hmm. because if you just hold a to run and accelerate there is no competition right so the competition is how fast are your fingers right i think that's sort of where bigfoot's like yeah let's let's use that in a racing game right that doesn't make any sense only racing game or i mean monster trucks a little bit different than your traditional racer right but bigfoot is also a very odd game which is why i reviewed it but i played it all the time as a kid loved it and I think it was my friend that showed me the correct way to mm. to actually use
2: See, the D point right yeah. there.
0: So friends, tra- it wasn't from an instruction manual. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I think aside from when I did the review, I never would have looked at the instruction manual, right, to know how they explain it. So the the intuitiveness and and just the innate understanding of of game mechanics is lost on someone who gets into gaming at sixty or, or seventy. Yeah, and I think that's super rare that somebody would, you know, I'm going to get into video games. Now at sixty years old, yeah, pretty rare. Now my dad, in a way, he got into the baseball game at you know in his late forties, early fifties. Mm-hmm. That's pretty late to the game. But like I said earlier, it didn't expand out from that. He didn't get interested in football games, right, or soccer games, wrestling games, or wrestling games, which are you know very different. Wrestling games are pretty fun, actually. It's it's hard to expand out of a specific genre, and even my mom, to an extent. Stays in that life simulation genre, mm-hmm. you know. Now mm-hmm. she's played some other games, but she gets she gets frustrated very easily. Mm. And a good example of that would be Luigi's Mansion, oh. uh, Dark Dark Moon. I think it's Dark Moon, the sequel on the 3DS. She um, liked the idea of like a, a Luigi's Mansion game, and here's why: when the Wii U came out, the Wii U came with Nintendo Land. Which is like the mini games. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sort of the Wii Sports of the Wii U, mm-hmm. and it was a bunch of mini games. And one of those mini games was a ghost hunting game based on Luigi's Mansion, where you have your characters, and then one person is a ghost, and you're trying to shine your light on the ghost. Okay. And we played that a lot. And my family would come over to the house, my place, and we would play it as a group. My mom was like, "Oh, I love this game. This mm-hmm. is fairly easy to control. A lot of the mini games. It's mm-hmm. you know the Wii Sports, fun game. of the Wii U." And I was like, we well, you know there's a Luigi's Mansion game for the 3DS, so she got it, but it's more of a adventure action platformer game where you're exploring this this uh, haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. And she maybe got like a quarter of the way through it and she just stopped because it got so said, I can't beat this effing boss. She's furious. You're gonna have to help me when you come over because I can't be messing with this thing. So she goes back to the more. She likes casual mm. simulation experiences. Right. That's just her thing. Mm-hmm. My mom's hardcore if you can tell. She has a very, very thug. Language to her. Clearly. But she's a sweetheart. Don't cross her. Do not cross her. She will cut you. She will. Yes, that is a perfect descriptor for my. She will cut you if you wrong her or her family. Very mob mentality. Uh, She's more of a mafioso, I guess (laughs) you would say. But (laughs) so can you be too old for games? I guess we might have to change our mindset. Mm. Awesome shirt, by the way. Might have to change our mindset, by the way, because. You know, you might be, It's you can't get back in if there's no point of entry or you have no, right. nothing to call back on. Our, in our mindset, we're like, oh, should pe- older people not be allowed to play games? Of course not. Yeah, we'd love anybody to, to get into gaming. Exactly. But can you be too old for games? I think so. If you've never had any exposure to them mm-hmm. and you've never trained your game and used those fine motor skills, I don't know if it's possible to get into gaming unless you're getting into something like motion control games with, like, Wii Bowling or something that is isn't more natural feeling of something that imitates life in a way. Right. I-, I can't imagine someone in their 70s who's never played a video game pick up a PS4 controller. Right. And play Dragon Quest Builders. Right. You know? Right. It's true. Which sucks, because, you know, there is this cool experience that they may have never had. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy. It's sad in my mind to think that there are people who have lived and have never played a video game mm-hmm. in their entire life. Everybody in their life has watched a movie at some point. I think it's very rare to find someone who isn't Amish that's never seen a movie right? or never listened to a song. You know, that kind of entertainment is just everywhere. And video games, as mainstream as we think they are, mm-hmm. there are still tons and tons of people who've never played a video game. Yeah board mm-hmm. games anybody everybody's played a board game sure no one who's not played a board game or at least something like a board game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that that's it's weird it's weird to me hmm. here's where i think that comes from being too old for video games is the coming back to our stigma episode about geeks and gamers yes. and nerds yes there's that thing of of society mainstream society old school mainstream society would look at gaming as a waste of time yes absolutely which is frustrating You know? Do you think that the number of people who believe that way has gone down?
1: Uh, I think so, primarily because um, the population is changing. You know, the people who grew up with games are slowly becoming the majority of the population.
0: Right, because, and I I think to its credit, I hate to admit it, but to its credit, smartphones... Mm -hmm. Put gaming in the hands of people that would never have bought a console. Mm-hmm. They would never have downloaded Steam and bought games on Steam or GOG.com. Right. You know, these these are people who it just wasn't their interest, but smartphones are so accessible. Mm-hmm. You have to download apps to use your smartphone properly. Mm-hmm. It's very There's very few people who use their smartphone only for phone calls. Right. You know, you're know, you hard-pressed to find somebody who doesn't send a text message every once in a while if they have a smartphone right? and doesn't have at least some basic apps. I right. think most phones have some of the default apps. Like YouTube is probably already on your phone when you get it. Right. And then things like Netflix and Weather. Ne- yeah. And naturally, you're going to hear recommendations or see suggestions for apps that are games. Yep. And I think that's probably a window into – I mean, for my mom with her tablet, that was a window of opportunity to experience all these types of games – like the farming games, especially, she probably didn't realize that there were games based completely around farming, mm-hmm. as opposed to Animal Crossing, where farming is a is a small piece of it. Right. But you're not really farming. Right. You know, you're not planting food, you're planting flowers and trees and things like that. Not actually harvesting and having livestock. Right. It's it's a farming simulation experience. So there there is that benefit. I I know there's still people who think of gaming as a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And there's even younger people who see it that way. People in their 30s who think, "Oh, you're still playing games? Yep. Come on, you're not in college anymore. Yep. Put away the Mountain Dew. Right. Put away the Doritos Locos Tacos. Right. And, you know, stop eating at Taco Bell and get your life together." Mm-hmm. You know, the, the people, the older people that are collectors and really into video games, I think have their lives together more than people who may have never played a video game. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, Gaming can be an expensive hobby. It's true. Unless you're playing one game. And I, and I want to make that distinction. I'm not talking about people who just play, they just play Madden or they just play Call of Duty. I'm talking about people who, who have varied gaming experiences. You need to have a job mm-hmm. that pays fairly well mm-hmm. to be intensely into gaming. right? Or you're like a reverse early adopter where you wait like I was for years, which is why I have as many games as I do to start with before Mm -hmm. I got back into collecting again in the 2000s. A lot of that came from me having things as a kid because I was always a generation behind. Right. You know, I got the NES when the Super Nintendo came out. I got the Super Nintendo when it was moving to the N64 and PlayStation. Mm -hmm. So by the time I got locked in, things were getting older. Yeah. Even with the PS3, I got a PS3 way late, though the PS3 lived for a while before the PS4 came around. You know, I really wish
1: I would have, I, I just didn't have that mentality.
0: Um, I wish I would have gotten a Super
1: Nintendo, you know, when it was a generation behind. Yeah, because it, it was
0: perfect. perfect. Nintendo cartridges were very expensive. It was very expensive, especially for somebody young, but that, that was why most of my NES collection was purchased at flea markets with mm-hmm. my grandmother, like mm-hmm. I said, for five bucks a pop. I wasn't paying sixty dollars for mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers, uh, two and and Rad Racer and 3D World Runner. I mean, that's how much Great it would, That's how
1: much it would cost to rent video games for like the weekend, and you were <laughs>
0: buying them. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing: video game rentals were always more expensive than tapes. I mean, mm-hmm. they were sometimes like seven, eight yeah. dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you could you could buy a, a an NES tape <laughs> or cartridge for five bucks, and then by the time I got to Super Nintendo, a lot of my Super Nintendo collection came from Blockbuster. I never told this story. Oh, wow. So And I still have them. And you can tell because they have, most of them, unless I've cleaned them up, a lot of the boxed Super Nintendo games from my childhood collection still have Blockbuster stickers on the back because they were purchased when, because that's what most video rental places would do Their game sections would not have games that went all the way back to Nintendo. Right. They might have NES and Super Nintendo. When they moved to 64 and and eventually into the PlayStation and Dreamcast and uh, PS2, the older ones, they would sell them off Mm -hmm. because Blockbuster would have a section of selling old tapes and games. Mm -hmm. And then they would just stop renting those because people weren't really coming in to rent old, old, old games. And like you said, if they're the same price to buy them used, why would you rent them? Mm Mm-hmm. And most of my early Super Nintendo boxed games came from that Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. And I know one of them, uh, which I really liked was the death, um, the death of Superman, which is a beat-em-up mm-hmm. game. And it's really good where it's based on the the Death of Superman comics series line. Do you know about that? No. So Superman dies mm-hmm. and then these other Supermen start appearing. Hmm. Claiming to be the real no, I'm I am the Superman. I'm back. Mm-hmm. I'm Superman. And one of them was the Man of Steel, but he was made of steel. Mm. He was like a big robot. Mm. There was like a cyborg Superman. There was like a young Superman, Superboy, who's like, oh, no, I'm the super. I'm Superman. I'm reborn. And mm-hmm. so the idea is in the game you're playing as these different Superman and finding out who the real Superman. Really good game. I think it's kind of a uh, an uncommon game now. Mm-hmm. I got that at Blockbuster. Hmm. Pretty wild. So a lot of my early collection was from rental stores selling their games, made it much more affordable mm-hmm. for me. And I have no idea where that uh, topic came from. Hmm. How did we get on this? Uh,
1: we were talking about um, like basically buying the older games cost as much as to rent a video right. game. And what does that have to do with old people?
0: Oh, I have no idea. How did I get on that? So that all goes back to, I, that was quite a derailing. Mm-hmm. But it all connects to people seeing spending money on video games is a waste of money right and i'm saying that people who are early adopters are people who probably have really good jobs who can afford to pay the full retail price of brand new products Mm -hmm. you know four hundred dollars for a console three hundred dollars for the psvr Mm -hmm. you know htc vive the Mm -hmm. the new vive pro system that's like eight hundred dollars wow to get the – and I think it's just the headset. Wow. You still have to get the most – the older – you can get a full bundle, but it's like probably $1,200. Mm-hmm. It's expensive to be an early adopter. You have to have money to do that. Mm-hmm. Or you're, I mean, putting everything on your credit card and you're really broke. So when people make this, this misconception about gamers being these lazy people who – work crappy part-time jobs and live in their parents' basements. Mm-hmm. I get like I'm super upset that there's people who still you now, those people, do they exist? Yes, but it's not because they play games that they're that way. Mm-hmm. That's just who they are. They're just crappy people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with them being, you know, that th- you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. 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 And I think there is a stigma about gaming with some, some older people who mm-hmm. don't see it the way that the, the more mainstream people do. It's frustrating. Very judgmental. Yeah, it's a judgmental thing. But mm-hmm. that happens also with other geek cultures mm. as well, like we talked about in that stigma. So it's not completely with video games, but video games have expanded. And there's a topic I want to do in the future about our video games art. Hmm. Because I've, I've always had this, debate with, uh, I had this debate with a guy in college, and it infuriated me because he refused to realize how right i was <laughs> it wouldn't be a debate if he agreed with me but he had this thing where he was like no that's not art wow uh, he, he had this mindset of about like certain movies were art uh-huh. and other movies weren't art hmm. i'm like well how do you yeah there's a discrepancy like his thing is pop music can never be an art form hmm only classical music is art interesting so that's going to be a future topic. Yeah. Just so you know, a little taste, a little tease for you. But let's take a break. Okay. A game break. Holy smokes. And this game break is just going to go along with our topic. All right. Now, this was originally a Q&A, came from a Q&A question mm-hmm. from fan of the show Tyler Edlin. And I want to just bring this up because, in a way, he sort of predicted this topic was coming Hmm. in a way. So I want to jump away from just talking about being too old for games, which is our main topic, and go based on this statement topic from Tyler. Tyler said, also, a great topic, unless extensively covered, which, you know, we're kind of getting into it. We're not going to extensively cover it, would be gaming as a kid versus gaming as an adult. Hmm. So this kind of goes with the topic of being too old for gaming. What is the big difference? Let's answer his question. So basically, you're getting your own Q&A segment, Tyler, (laughs) for this game break. What's the distinction? What's so different um, between gaming as a kid versus gaming as an adult? What's what's the difference? That's a really good question. It is a good question. That's why it's a game break. Right, right. For me... Gaming as a kid is is so much more mind blowing because of the access. Mm. Not excess, access. Because as a kid, you don't have access to everything. Right. Unless your parents are me, who's a crazy person. Right. Like, gosh, when I have a kid, their mind will be blown. Yeah. You, you know what? If I, but, and when I let them into the basement. But I don't even I don't even know. They might just take it for granted. They might, if they grew up with it, it might just be something they you expect. know
1: like I like I, like what do you mean you don't have a basement full of video games?
0: That's possible. That might be my mind the mindset of my rich neighbors, where they had every Vectrex game, they yeah. had all the Super Nintendo games, they had Sega Genesis, they had everything, and I, and they they may not have appreciated yeah. it the same way I did. Now when I went over there, I was like,
1: right, oh, you don't realize what you so, have exactly. So oh. your kids' friends when they come over. They're going to be blown away. Yeah, it's environmental. But your kid's going to be like, what are you
0: talking about? This isn't anything special. Yeah, I this is this every normal. Day. What, I mean, what does your basement look right. like at your house? This is not what all basements look right. like? Right, exactly. Man, I'm going to set my... <laughs> Basically, my kid's going to go to school, and, and all the other kids are going to think I'm rich. Right. And then they're, they're going to be like, no, mm-hmm. uh, my dad's a teacher. We're not rich (laughs) at all. He's just a very frugal collector. (laughs) That's all it is. He couldn't let go of his childhood collection. Right. That's why I had so many vintage toys to look at. If you haven't seen those episodes, check them out. That's a plug. That's a plug. So back to Tyler's question. Kids versus adults when it comes to gaming. Okay, so I'll go back, but unless you were rich Mm -hmm. or had a crazy collector parent situation. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the access to video games is what made it such a... It was like the unicorn. It was this amazing yeah. thing. Because when I would get my hand on a brand new video game, and the only brand new game for the NES that I remember getting was Super Mario Brothers 3. Mm-hmm. We, my mom took us to Toys R Us. She was like, you can get a game. But then we, we got to go see your great-grandmother first, and then we'll go home and you can play it. Wow. So that was the worst she should have taken me to see my great grandmother and then gone to Toys R Us. We went mm-hmm. to Toys R Us, and it was the old day Toys R Us where all the games were in the back. Wow. And the way you got a game was those slips. Yep. So you, you see the plastic cover art, and you would go up and you would pull out the little slip. And once they ran out, that meant they were out. You'd have to get a rain check yep. for it. So, and I have Super Mario Brothers 3. I had Super Mario Bro- Brothers 1 and 2. Super Mario Brothers three because I wasn't reading game magazines, I wasn't seeing commercials, I hadn't seen the Wizard yet, which was basically a big Fred Savage uh, promotion for Super Mario Brothers three, and I was like, "There's a new Super Mario Brothers game! Oh my god!" And it was this bright yellow box. Yep. Probably why I still love the color yellow today. Yellow and green, favorite colors. And I was like, "Oh man!" And he's it was a great box. Oh my gosh! Still, I can. you raccoon know? Mario. Oh my god Raccoon Mario on the front. It's like, wait, what? Yep. Why is Mario a raccoon? <laughs> right. I must have he's flying. So I, I I grabbed the slip. My mom was like, get the thumbs up. You get the thumbs up. And is uh, Super Mario Brothers three was probably super old already at that point. Like it probably been out a year or two. Right, right. That's funny. So it wasn't full price. I'm <laughs> sure it was like twenty nine ninety nine or something. But, of course, you didn't pay attention to the price. You just... Ew. I was like, this game can get? Yes, you can get game. <laughs> so we took the slip, went to the back. They went in the back, pulled out the game, and it's brand new in the <sighs> box. And I was in the car driving to my great-grandmother's house, ripped the plastic off, ripped the box up, probably took the game out. I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm just sitting there. Right. Just waiting, looking through the manual at the power-ups. And it was amazing. And it was it was the one new game that I probably got that year. So it's was like all year I had that one game. hmm When you're an adult, and I run into this problem all the time, there's 12 new games coming out in the next two weeks, and I've pre-ordered four of them. Right. You know? I had Octopath Traveler show up, and then just, just yesterday I picked up Mega Man X Collection, Legacy Collection for the PS4. I picked up uh, – <laughs> this is – I have a problem. I picked up Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition. Mm-hmm. I already have Final Fantasy 15. I bought the season pass when I bought Final Fantasy 15. I think
1: I was here when that showed up.
0: You may have been. The gold game? That's Sonic. That's ah, Sonic. that was Sonic. Sonic Mania Plus. Sonic Mania Plus. See, that's the problem. I get so many pre-ordered games, it's not the same feeling. value. It's like, oh. Hey, and it's, it's like, like that oh, up. that's right. I forgot I pre-ordered that, and it just shows up. Right. You know, like, I forgot about Sonic Mania Plus being yeah, pre-ordered. It, yeah, Though it was kind of cool. It had a nice gold gold box slipcover. And that's the thing. It doesn't... It's harder to value. I mean, I appreciate these games, mm-hmm. but the, the time is what I have to value now. As a kid, I knew I had this one game, but I could play it every day, all day. Mm-hmm. And now I have so many games I have access to. It's It's kind of... It takes away the the excitement yeah. that I would normally have, unless it's a very specific game that I've been waiting for. Right. Like, 15 was a, sort of an exciting thing, because I was like, you know what? I'm going to get rid of all my thoughts of the, pre- the transgressions of the Final Fantasy series and give it a shot. And it was fun. Octopath Traveler, I've been looking forward to that for a while. I was super pumped. It felt a little bit like those old days. Yeah. I opened the Wayfarers edition on stream, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then I played it for like three hours right after. And and I think you lose that as an adult. Yeah. Because the parents decide what you're gonna get yeah. ultimately. Yeah. And it, it is like this coveted like treasure when you get a video game. So that I think is the biggest difference for me is just how, how much you value that one game.
1: I also think it's kind of just
0: growing up too, because at that
1: point, like you probably hadn't had like you said, it was your first brand new video game. Yeah, you know. I remember, so, yeah. Right. So, but but afterwards, you know, you've bought plenty of new video games now. I know I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's less, it's less like you. It's sort of it's it's already been um
0: ground that you've traveled. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which again starts from the young age which is why as you get older, right. actually you're doing it more. Right. And you you get maybe numb to it a mm-hmm. little bit, where buying a new game isn't as is amazing. Picking up a pre order yeah. isn't amazing. It's not like I went to Best Buy yesterday, and and I was like running to the counter. And I'm like, hey sir, how can I help you? I'm here for a store pickup. Right. <sighs> Mega Man X Legacy Collection One and Two. I can't wait. Right. You know, it's funny. I, I, she <laughs> so would probably look at me like I was crazy. Right. So yeah, here you go, sir. You're uh, 31, right? Right. right. Just checking that.
1: I had a little bit. Of, I had a little bit of that feeling, a little bit of that rush when my VR came. I ordered it from Best Buy.
0: Now I will say, when my VR came, I was like, "Oh my
1: god!" Yeah, I was pretty excited. So So it's got to be something really
0: hardcore. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm opening up the box, and you know, and it's it's exciting. It's Mm. not again the magnitude level of magnitude was was lower than when you're a kid, but it was still it touched it. It kind
0: of felt a little. Could you imagine getting a VR system like PSVR? No. When you're nine, Mm -mm. would you even know what you had? I don't even know. I, mean, I was like that with the Virtual Boy. I thought the Virtual Boy was amazing That's when my true. mom bought us that. That's true. And boy, was yeah. I mistaken.
1: I thought Super Nintendo was amazing. Like this, like 16
0: bits coming oh, from yeah. 18, it's like, oh my god. But I will say, Super Nintendo is amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you know what? That's the, the reason I think so many people have more nostalgia for Super Nintendo than the PlayStation 1. Mm. Because the PlayStation 1, it was 3D, but it doesn't age the same way. Right. And Final Fantasy 7, VII, 8 and 9 are hard games to look at mm-hmm. if you're playing them in their original form. Final Fantasy 4, 5 and 6, obviously we didn't get 5, 2 and 3, 4 and 6, but those games just the sprite work is is artistic. It's mm-hmm. art. It's beautiful right. in this way that it's hard to say Certain graphics in Final Fantasy VII are, are beautiful. Right now, the pre-rendered backgrounds in Final Fantasy games are beautiful. Final Fantasy IX's pre-rendered backgrounds, are just these beautiful, like weird architectural things, a super medieval fantasy style, which is why I love Final Fantasy IX because it went back to the classic feel of Final Fantasy. And I I hope and pray whatever FF sixteen ends up being, it it, it takes uh, a chapter out of the book of Octopath Traveler. Right. And so, like, you know what? Oxpath Traveler is killing it. Let's do that with Final Fantasy 16. I'm not saying it needs to be 2D, mm-hmm. but go back to the roots. Touch your roots. Touch your roots. Hashtag touch your roots. Let's get that trending. <laughs> it's the new digitally distracted <laughs> slogan. Digitally. Touch your dis- roots. Let's get digitally distracted where we're gonna we're gonna touch our roots. <laughs> touch your roots. Final Fantasy 16, I guarantee, would be a sellout title like Octopath mm-hmm. if it went back to its roots and was in that medieval fantasy style. Steam, pu- it's almost steampunky with airships and everything. Right, but if it did that sort of style and total story like the old Final Fantasies, sort of like FF9 did, mm-hmm. oh man, people would explode. Yeah, and just make it a single, self-contained game, no DLC planned, mm. just one perfect experience octopath traveler they've said there is no dlc plan for that game octopath traveler is a complete experience it's done this is the game wow and that is mm mm. Mm-hmm. thumbs up keep that going with rpgs especially right. jrpgs it just makes sense yeah because thinking in the back of your head oh there's going to be these dlc stories so it's going to be years before i get the complete story mm-hmm. you can do that with a multiplayer game or like a call of duty where you add dlc like extra maps extra right. missions but when you do that to an rpg It lessens the experience because you're not, oh, I know I'm not going to get the full experience until all this DLC comes out. I'm missing all these little bits and pieces. Mm. Just give me the complete story and experience up front, especially with an RPG. See, I like the DLC. With an RPG, you like the DLC? I do. Mm. I do. Now, argue me. Argue me hard, Gerald. (laughs) Why? Why do you like that for a JRPG? Because it's well i'm not i'm thinking of a wrpg okay so in a western rpg why why do you think dlc
1: works um because especially if it's a game that i really love i don't have to wait for a new like like a a sequel sequel. exactly Uh, you know
0: okay well i'll give you this then i'll give you this i see where you're coming from Uh the jrpg i say absolutely not because it should be a self-contained world and experience about those characters. Okay. But I will say if the DLC if the DLC is a spin-off, mm. okay. Yeah. But if the DLC adds to the main sort of no, story. No, 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 no. That's not that's not what I mean. Okay. Well, I can kind of see that. I still would prefer to get that experience all in one playthrough. Cause I would hate to put sixty hours into an RPG mm-hmm. and then step back. And then six months later, I get another piece of that story. Mm. I feel like I, I want to play through the whole game again and then play the DLC because it's been so long. I've been gotcha. so detached from it. Playing it all as one big experience. I think it would be better. Mm-hmm. Like, think about if you watch Back to the Future right now, mm-hmm. are you going to be good? You can watch Back to the Future 1 and then go to work. See, I can. No, you're crazy. Because that's my thing. If I watch Back to the Future, I'm like, I gotta watch the other two uh-huh. at least before the end of the week. Now that's that's the
1: way to do it. Like that's the preference, but I I can probably because I've seen them so much I can just watch them in my head.
0: Oh, okay, well that yeah, so that's a little different. But to me, it, it is like that. It's like okay, here's Back to the Future, but the other two, even though they never planned to make sequels, uh-huh. that was sort of something they that came so later, bad. but they they nailed it. So that was like, somehow that was a game break. But I like that little addition. Thank you, Tyler. For Man, that. that was a game break,
1: wasn't that? That was, yeah, it
0: went all over the place. Jeez. It reminded us that we need to have an RPG episode and uh-huh. we need to have an episode on DLC. Yeah, because it seems like we have differing opinions on that. Wow. You know, we have like the correct opinion and then we have like the wrong opinion <laughs> about DLC. So back to it. Kind of going with the whole kids versus adults. How do how do interests in gaming change as you get older? I think the expectation
1: increases like before it was just the graphics were enough to do it for me
0: whatever you got it was amazing yeah but as an adult it's like i want more out of this experience than fun gameplay or oh that was kind of a cool level yep
1: yep it's got to be more it's got to be more like a game that just looks good and looks pretty
0: now you have to have substance there right is that why you don't date girls like that anymore (laughs) might be one of the reasons. <laughs> I date girls like I date my games. <laughs> I'm looking at all their features, not just her gameplay. Right. Easy. Easy. <laughs> easy. Okay, well, now here's what I would say. Okay. This is what I think changes. I think you see a lot more I think nostalgia comes into play because mm-hmm. when you're a kid and you get Super Mario Brothers 3 like I did, I wasn't nostalgic yet. Mm. I didn't understand nostalgia. Mhm. I started to feel nostalgia in I would say the PS2. Mm. When the PlayStation 2 showed up, that's when my mind was sort of starting to think about those old gameplay experiences. Hmm. And even, I was already getting nostalgic for the PS1 when I was deep into the PS2. Hmm. Isn't that weird? It is weird. So I was a little late to the PS2, but when I was heavy and I was only playing PlayStation 2 at this point, I started to get nostalgic for the PS1 RPGs because they were just different. Hmm. It just felt different. Mm -hmm. And... Also, what changes, I think, for a lot, a lot of the older gamers out there are collectors, I mm. think. And even, they, even if they say they're not collectors, they're definitely looking for older games and collecting things more so than you are as a kid. Yeah. I don't think kids are ever really collectors. Now, there are some younger kids. I've seen them on the internet. I've seen them that are fans of, of the Game Dave channel mm-hmm. who've talked about, uh, with me, meeting them at panels and conventions and things like that, there are kids who have discovered vintage old school gaming now. And these aren't things they grew up with. So it's so cool to see someone who's twelve right. playing NES and Super Nintendo. I don't know if I if I was born now, I don't know if I would go back. Yeah. Because it was hard enough for me to experience the Atari. Yep. And I know it's a, such a difference between Atari and NES, but oh my gosh. I'm glad I started with the NES. I, I remember when the Super Nintendo was around, I first had a chance to play Atari. It was just, uh, you know, I'm,
1: I'm actually really, really grateful that I didn't get on board with the Atari because I feel like if I had, I would have been turned off to video games and I wouldn't have wouldn't have given NES, you know, the time of day. Yeah. I'm like, I've been there, done that. It's stupid. It's a little rough. It's
0: a little rough. So I, I think you get a collector's mindset. Nostalgia plays a lot into it when you're an older gamer. I think it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about giving up on video games in a previous episode. Do you think the um, as you get older, more people give up on video games than stick with it? Um, oh, man,
1: that's a tough question. Uh, yeah. uh, I think they replace
0: games we, with we, something here's else. Here's the
1: thing. I think they run out of time. They say, oh, I'd like to play Video game.
0: I do that and I am I'm game Dave mm-hmm. and I do that where I'm like I would love to play yeah. more VR or more Octopath Traveler or PS1 RPGs but
1: red time is money. Read a comment um from our D D episode. Okay. And uh a guy said, I think it was a dad, he said, you know, thanks for the trip down like memory lane. Haven't played an RPG in twenty five years. You know, and I and, and I I felt for that guy, it you know. Sucks. I was like, Man, that that sucks.
0: I would love to be able to sit down and just take a whole summer, and all I do that summer is go through all the PS1 RPGs that I loved, or, or ones that I may not have had a chance to complete, and just that's what I do that summer mm-hmm. as a job, like nine to five. Wow! Because that's how I played RPGs in high school mm-hmm. and middle school. Is mm-hmm. I would get up and I would play them from like nine to five, and I would just play RPGs all. I was, oh man, I would play them blind. And then I would go back. This is how I always do RPGs. So mm-hmm. i play in blind. That's how I'm doing Octopath Traveler. I mentioned this in the stream the other night. So Octopath Traveler, I'm not looking at any guides. I don't need strategy guides. I'm just playing the game blind, doing as best as I can, mm-hmm. beat the game. And then what I will likely do is play the game a second time with a strategy guide mm-hmm. side by side mm-hmm. so that I can see everything I missed. Mm-hmm. And that's how I've always done it. I'm a big strategy guide collector. Mm-hmm. I like to see the art and all the little things that you might not see. Mm-hmm. So Final Fantasy VII, first time I played it, I played it blind, and uh, I've always named my characters. we talked about this. yeah. But with Final Fantasy VII, the first time I played it, I was like, wow, you have so many more characters for your name, because it was like a long set of dashes. Uh-huh. I think I know where this is going. Go on. Uh, oh, really? Uh, I think so. Oh, maybe not. I don't know, man. It's pretty bad. So normally I would name my characters Dave. The original Final Fantasy game, I named my character Dave because there were four letters. Right. That's why I started going by Dave mm-hmm. instead of David, little David. So I named my character. I don't have this save anymore. It has since been erased. But the first time I played Final Fantasy VII blind, I named myself all caps Dave War, W A R R. That was, the, I don't know why. Why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's. <laughs> That is weird. That's stupid? That just popped in my head right now. Yeah, Dave War. Like, I was like, War, that's a cool last name. I don't know. I've never in my life put a last name for an RPG character since then. And then with two R's. Well, because I was like, oh, I don't want to be War, so obvious. You're like hardcore. No, it's War. It's two R's, so it's like it's a real last name. It just sounds like War. (laughs) Isn't that dumb? Dave Guar, that would have been interesting. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah, so that kind of popped into my head. But I played Final Fantasy through all the way. Mm Mm-hmm. And then realizing how much I would have missed with all the side quests and everything, got the strategy guide Mm -hmm. and played through the game with the strategy guide hand in hand and tried to do everything possible. Right. And then I started to realize this strategy guide is missing some things. There's some things in here that aren't very clear. Hmm. And that's when I started getting on the internet. And I created, I still have it. I want to do an episode on this thing of Game Dave. I have this green folder. I found it not too long ago. I still have it over there. And it was my Final Fantasy strategy guide tips and tricks compendium book that I built by sourcing different FAQs online and tips and tricks and Chocobo raising and all this kind of crazy stuff. And I made like my own definitive guide for Final Fantasy Seven that I would use in pairing with the official strategy guide. Because hmm. there's a lot of things the official strategy guide miss from Final Fantasy seven. And you would think... Oh, no, it's the official guide. Everything's in there. Right. I can follow this to a T yeah. and not miss anything. Right. Not true. Wow. A lot of the PS1 era strategy guides leave a lot of things out. And I don't know if it's the fault of the people. I don't know how they do strategy guides. Obviously, they play the game and they put everything down. Or maybe they talk with the developers and get all the specifics of things that people might miss. Mm-hmm. A lot of guides out there are pretty definitive. But there's some PS1 RPG guides that miss a lot of really cool, unique, weird stuff. hmm Huh. There you go. One more thing I want to say before we get to our Q&A. Are there any games that are off limits when you get older? What games are off limits when you get older? Are there games you shouldn't be playing when you're older? Here's one of mine that I'll say. Here's a game that would be off limits when you get older and probably married or in a relationship. You probably shouldn't be playing... Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, which is uh, a fan service game. You probably shouldn't be playing Senrin Kagura, but uh, I still buy all the new games for that series. Hmm. That's one of my dirty little secrets. Hmm. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> mm, they're very fan service-y, but they're fun. Yeah. Basically, think... think uh, or Oni Chanbara, which is uh, samurai... Samurai, schoolgirl, zombie slayers. See, I don't have a problem with these games. <laughs> Just like these games. But then I'm still a bachelor, too. Are perfect. Hey, you never know. You never you know? know. Would you have any games that you think... Uh, the obvious one for me in my mindset is like, would you, should you really... Is there a reason to play educational games as an adult? And by that I mean like uh, Mario is Missing. Or mm, you know those types of things. Yeah, games. okay,
1: I can see that. No, pr- probably not. No, I see what you're saying. Those, those, I think that applies. Yeah, yeah. But uh, dead or alive, I mean, let's not throw the baby out with the <laughs> bathwater.
0: <laughs> no, because you get arrested for that. That's right. So all, no games are off limits as you get older. There's nothing you should stop playing. You I, know, I don't think so.
1: I, you know, I don't think so either. I mean, I've, I've dabbled in Bejeweled and stuff like that. You know.
0: Um i mean i don't i don't you get, think so, of a game that you think is inherently for kids inherently a kitty game a kitty game though i feel like a lot of kids play you know let's be honest they play teen 18 rated mm-hmm. and mature games here's the thing that if that there was a
1: game play. if carmen san diego came out on an app or in a game i'd play that oh my gosh i would play the hell out of that okay
0: i don't know if i would say well i guess carmen san diego is certainly geared towards kids yeah just trying to think of like inherently games that are made for kids that aren't educational games. You know,
1: I will I just downloaded a card game uh just the other day, Light Seekers.
0: Um, and I thought that was a little You said there was another like game that was a little kiddie that you were sort of embarrassed about that was like a mobile game. You mentioned that in the episode. There was some game that you, you were playing it was really cutesy and really kind of like kitty um, that you were into. It, was it a match three? Oh, I no, yeah. no, no! I don't know. It was in the mobile gaming episode. Yeah, I
1: forget. I have to I'll have to look at that again. Um, and that might have been Castle Story.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, yep, that's it. That's it. That's the one.
1: But uh, you know what? Um, and I still enjoy that. It was my dirty little secret for a while, but I still enjoyed it. Um, with this other game, Light Seeker, Light Seekers is just a little too basic. Mm-hmm. It's not. There's not. It's not deep enough for me. Right, um, and not that other
0: people wouldn't get something out of it. No, but, yeah, no,
1: no. It's a, it's a, it's a. It takes. It's a nice little twist on, you know, card battling. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it has a. There's just it's not very deep to it. It has a, a what's what I'm looking for, um, a novelty to it. And then once that war, you know, once that wears out,
0: you're done. Yeah. And that's sort of to bring it all back to the too old for video games topic. That's the thing is like, are there games like, oh no, have you ever said to yourself, I'm too old for that game? Hmm. And that's what I'm trying to think. I don't know if I, I've never said it, but I may have thought it where I was playing a game and I was like, oh, this feels like if somebody walked in mm-hmm. on me playing this particular game, would I be embarrassed? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you're playing, that's what you're yeah, playing?
1: Yeah. So Castle Story would fall into that category. This Light Seekers um, would fall into this category. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would, I would agree with that
0: they there. It's just that's the thing. Like, I'm trying to think. I used to in my mind, I used to because I only played. Let's talk Pokemon. Last thing I want to talk about Pokemon. Okay. Pokemon. That's, a, that's a great example. Yeah. I think Pokemon's a good example because Pokemon games are absolutely geared towards kids. Yeah. I think newer Pokemon games are starting to real like the developers, Nintendo, they know adults are playing Pokemon games. Right. Okay. A ton of adults have bought the Switch and this new. Pokemon game for the Switch, is based in the original region with the original Pokemon. So it's obviously to appeal right. to my generation who played the original red and blue version. Right. Of course, I played the blue version because it's a superior game. It's the better game. There's red version people out there. Though I knew I, none of my friends had blue version. They hmm. all had red version. So, oh, no, I was the loser. <laughs> I just found it out. I can't help it that I wanted a Blastoise. I always chose Squirtle. Always. Always with the squirt, yeah. I'm, I'm all about that squirt world. I'm all about that squirt. <laughs> Wait, but as I got older, my friends were still uh, my buddy Ray, yeah, and Steve mm-hmm. were and Zach mm-hmm. still played every single Pokemon game that came out. All the Game Boy Advance Pokemon games they played, the remakes like the Leaf Green and Fire Red. Wow, they played uh, Black and White and Pearl and Diamond and X and Y all of them wow and i just i was like you guys are still playing like i was the right. i You're was the guy. jerk yeah. i was the douche i'm not anymore but i was that guy was like i wasn't as intensely collecting yet but i was definitely getting back into it i was like really you guys are still playing pokemon come on you guys grow up <laughs> <laughs> and then i go play ps1 rpgs right or, or freaking chocobo racing which right. is if chocobo racing is built on this storybook style that is insanely kitty mm-hmm. insanely kitty if you who if i ever show you chocobo racing you're like wow this is for children wow. are you a child <laughs> dave you're a child and i'm realizing oh that's right i am be, be a child forever right keep it alive and now so what did i do i pre-ordered pokemon let's go for the switch look at you i've got a pre-ordered Here's how bad it is. So there's a Pikachu edition, Mm. and there's also an Eevee edition, which is one of the other Pokemon that evolves into three different forms based on the elements. Mm. So the one that you pick is the, that's the Pokemon that is like your main that's like always with you. Gotcha. Either Pikachu's always with you or Eevee. You can probably find Pikachu's or Eevee's in the game, but I think you, we'll see. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It takes place in the main. Those are original 151 Pokemon. So uh, I pre-ordered the... Version that it comes with a Pokeball that you, when you go into uh, battle to catch a Pokemon, you you can use this Pokeball controller you like motion control. Wow! To catch it, so you could buy a bundle that comes with that. Uh huh. Um, and I was like, you know what? I want both versions. I never had Red and Blue at the same time as a kid. I have them now. I'm gonna get the Pikachu edition and the EV edition. You're like king of the world. Here's the thing, though, Gerald. I also I bought the both bundles. So I'll have two Pokeballs. Two balls. Two balls. Come on! (laughs) (laughs) But I guess you can play multiplayer, so that was my mindset. But I was like, really, I should only buy one bundle and then buy the standalone game. Why Uh am I spending so much money? Right. I'll tell you why, because I still have the Best Buy Gamers Club unlocked. Before that runs out, I'm getting my 20% off collector's editions and bundles. Yeah. That's how it's done. bundle But I'm (laughs) gotta get a bundle but I've learned now that Pokemon is not just for kids, and I got—I was stupid. It was me being silly, you know, and you know what? It was around the time that some girl made me give up on games, so I was probably uh, was a sad story. I was Probably influenced. There were many a hashtag on that episode that said, uh, hashtag free game Dave. Right? <laughs> they were very very happy that I escaped the turmoil that I was in. Brutal. So thank you, comments. I appreciate our audience very much. Alright, let's get into the questions and answers. We've got Several questions to look at to finish out the show. This first one is from Brandon Baker. When are you going to play through, do a playthrough video of D with your brother? Hmm. Good question. So D is the game that I uh, found the case for during the Game Chasers episode Mm that I was featured in. That was a great episode. Great time. If you haven't seen that, check out the Game Chasers episode I was in. I've shown my brother, a picture of the case. I said, hey, guess what I got? And he totally remembered it. He's like, I remember that on the computer. That game was so freaky. And I started to tell him some of the behind the scenes about how the creator, very unique guy, he, he died young, but very unusual. He was an artist. And when he made the original version of D, it was very mature rated. Mm. And... He knew the censors and the ESRB were going to get him and ding him for it. And he wasn't going to be able to put out his vision of the game. It's a horror survival game. Right. Sort of almost like an FMV horror game. So what he did was he waited until he went past the deadline to ship the master copy for review. And they had seen sort of the, the censored version. So he missed the shipping date for sending the master to the factory to be mass produced and shipped. But he did it on purpose so that he had, because if you miss the shipping date, I believe this is accurate. If you miss the shipping date, you have to hand deliver it to the factory. So what he did was when he went to hand deliver it, he swapped it out for the mature version, but it had already been rated by the ESRB or whatever. So that it was cleared. Right. And that's the version that came out. But it was still I was like, I don't know if it was teen rated or right, not, but right. isn't that crazy. Wow. He was he did not want his vision messed with. Right. That's certainly something I could do. I mean, have uh, have my bro uh, appear somewhere on the yeah. channel. He's never been on the channel. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Question for you, Dave. Has your experience, this is for both of us really, has your experience of being a DM benefited you as a teacher? Okay, so that's that's why mm-hmm. it's for me. Mm-hmm. If so, how? I'm studying to become a teacher myself, and can see how all the prep work for both a game night and a class mm. can end up being pretty much useless. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's true because sometimes I will plan a lesson and I expect it to go one way, and the kids just they they blow it, mm-hmm. they ruin it. It's a little more intense with DM though, uh, DMing though, because that you can do anything because the kids still got to get the project done. Right. You know, it's very similar. Because being a good dungeon master is, we've sort of talked about the balance of being um, very, very prepared, Mm -hmm. but how if you're so prepared for one thing, expect your party members to do something that you didn't plan for. Yep. Just because you've prepared so well and you have every intricate detail, you know the last names of every townsperson, you know every single shop in this town that they're planning to travel to, and they're like, you know what, let's go east instead of west. Right. You are like, Fudge, right. You know? And it's it can be that way with teaching, but absolutely. If it's a great way to learn how to uh, speak on your feet. Speak on your feet. Is that right? You just coined it. Speak on your feet. It can't be as bad as swaller, as I said. Well, I have a lot of swaller to it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, to be quick on your feet is mm-hmm. what I meant to say. So to be quick on your feet, and and make changes and for it to seem like an intentional smooth transition right that's something in in teaching if you don't know where to go next and you don't have those transitions planned out or know how to handle those yeah being a dungeon master in dungeons and dragons great and it's also a great way to practice public speaking right cuz even though they're your friends it's a different thing like you're you're presenting this world you have to describe something in so much detail mm-hmm. that they are there And if you can do that with your lessons, you can make your students there with you and they envision what you're envisioning, then you're going to be an amazing teacher. Right. So I would say, yes, it helps. Next up, we've got from Dakota Hoffman. Mm. Good question. Will you be going to Retro World Expo 2018, which is September 8th and 9th, at the Connecticut Convention Center in Hartford? The answer is yes. I will absolutely be there. I've already been announced officially as a guest and maybe I don't want to, I don't want to assume, but there is a slight possibility that Gerald might be joining me. So I got to talk to the staff and kind of see what your schedule is. Mm -hmm. We're going to try and see. Gerald might be able to go with me for his very first gaming convention. Yeah, I think it'd be a good time. Yeah. I mean, digitally distracted. We've done more than 10 episodes. So clearly now's the time. (laughs) Now's the time. So I'm hoping I'll be able to bring him along with me and uh, get get him set up in whatever uh, hotel room we have. But I love Retro World Expo. My first year going was last year. Loved it. If you're going to be there, Dakota, find me. I'll give you something for free. <laughs> because, I don't know. <laughs> now people are going to be like, you going to Retro World Expo? I want something for free. <laughs> All right, last one, last one, last question. Oh, boy. GLDND... O-M-E-R. G- Ooh. Glad, gladdened Omer? Gladdened Omer. What do you think? What do you think, Gerald? How would you say it? Um, Good luck. Uh, Golden Dome? Golden Dome? Golden? Golden Domer? Golden Domer. Golden Domer. Well done. Good teamwork there. <laughs> I just watched both of the last two digitally distracted videos. I love watching this series with both of you guys. Keep it up. Since the last video was about tabletop D&D, A lot of D&D questions. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you two had any favorite tabletop board game. Oh, Golden Domer. (laughs) As well. Yes. We love tabletop uh, games that aren't role-playing games.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for the wonderful compliment. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's
0: very nice. Um, We're definitely going to do an episode in the future about tabletop board games. Yes. Because... You know, it's not and we're not talking Monopoly and Sorry and Parcheesi. We are into the in-depth sort oh, of man. tabletop games. I'll go first very simply. One of my favorites of all time, it was actually the game that got me into non-traditional board games was Carcassonne. Mm-hmm. The tile building uh Meeples game. I love Carcassonne. Great, great game. Probably my favorite. What about you?
1: I'm going to have to say my favorite is Eldritch Horror. Mhm. Horror survival board game? Yeah, it's uh, kind of
0: Cthulhu-esque. Plays a little tabletop RPG oh my style, though,
1: right? Yes, mm-hmm. so good. It's so it's very thematic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the game itself, a really high quality. Ton of expansions. I could do a whole... We could do a whole episode on that <laughs> game alone. But, 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 but. Okay, so that's one of my favorites. Okay. Um, Trickerion is another one of my favorites. Um, if you like the movie The Prestige or the illusionist
2: are
0: you watching closely
1: (laughs) um yeah set set in uh kind of the um 19th century early 19th century uh late um i guess 18th century
0: okay i don't know
1: um great uh really fun that's thematic as well i love thematic Mm -hmm. board games right um Shoots and
0: Ladders, probably a big right. fan. Candyland, number Legacy, one.
1: Legacy is another great game. Um, testimony of Marquis. Uh, that's some French name I forget. Um,
0: Testament of Blabbery Blue. Ah, great game. Great game. Well, now I feel like I have to say more than Carcassonne. So Carcassonne's great. great. Uh, everybody likes Sellers of Catan. Yeah, great. But that's that's more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, Munchkin. Mm-hmm. Great card game. Great tabletop card game. Mm-hmm. Munchkin is a good one. Uh, let's see. A Dominion is a really fun one. Oh, that was one of your Dominion. Really like Yeah. Early, early, on, you yeah, like that early on, uh, deck building sort mm-hmm. of uh victory points mm-hmm. based game. And more recently, a Splendor. Yeah. Splendor, really good. Simple, fun, and then if you want to go more intense, there's an expansion mm-hmm. for it. So yeah. So there's mm-hmm. some of my uh I, pandemic is good as well mm-hmm. the reason I like pandemic is because it's a co-op game yeah like you don't see a lot of board games where you're working as a team yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for cooperative board yeah. games so pandemic for those of you who don't know basically a, a virus has spread out and you're scientists working to stop the spread of this virus and you're playing against the game very cool mm-hmm. so we'll save some of the others we'd love to do a tabletop board game episode in the future yeah yes who knows? Maybe down the road, if Digitally Distracted Live ever happens. Oh, that'd be cool. We could maybe do some like live, uh, live gameplay discussions, maybe yeah, play some really live neat. board games. Yeah, that'd you be never really know. cool. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Now, if you're watching, that's great. You can watch the show on the YouTube channel, Game Day, but you can also listen to the show as a podcast. We are on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, pretty much any of the major podcasts, platform so you can check us out there make sure to rate the show if you like it you can also find us on twitter if you use the hashtag digitally distracted you can leave questions for the q a or topics that you want to suggest for the show you can also join the discord group and of course if you want to keep this show going you can support digitally distracted on the patreon page i'm game dave i'm gerald thanks so much for getting digitally distracted with us